This is a Think Live Be production. What's today? Is it Friday? Nope. No, it's not even. It's like the beginning of the week, right? Yep. I know. If, I want to just say, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you. <laughs> I know. It's been crazy. Well, yeah, it feels like here in Central Florida, like things got turned back on or something over this last week. Like, we, well, Yeah, well, I bet it's like that everywhere. I mean, it's the beginning of the year, right? So people yeah, are like... Yeah, but you know what? Um, I was having a conversation with a new sales agent uh I don't know, the other day and he said he was saying that January is always his best month which is weird to me because well he's new how much how no, many no, Januarys no, did he no, have? no 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 new home sales oh I see new home sales agent he said January is always his best month but then you know first of all it's not for us like it never has been it's a terrible month I hate January <laughs> it's t- and he said it was for closings which is like, okay, well, that doesn't, that's not your best month then. That's the best month of sales numbers, but the actual busyness of the, of what was going on that led you to close that many deals. So then I, I, I was thinking, well, for new home sales, okay, so what's the average new home sales build take? Like eight to 12 months, maybe in good years, six to eight months. So all those, all those, those closings now started, in January. started, well, either January or, um, no, I was thinking more like spring, right? Cause like in a normal year, yeah, it's six to nine months yeah. is probably a fair assessment for a new home build. So right. when did those things start? The spring, mm-hmm. just like we say, like spring, spring is when people start to get back into action. So it's been weird this last week. And I know this. This isn't relevant to somebody if they're listening to this, uh, you know, 10 years from now um, or in the summer. But normally January is still a little bit slow because people are still getting back. They just had the holidays. They're tired and they're not ready yet to start that plan. But for some reason, it it felt like all of a sudden things are like booming again with multiple offers on several properties this weekend. And I think I think it's because we're in this weird situation where um, things slowed down quite a bit because of market conditions, and then people, like we said a few months ago, people realize, well, well, I still got to buy a house. Oh, right? you mean like the people who were in the market? All of a sudden, interest rates went up, and they're like, oh, it's too much. I got to get out, and now they're realizing, yeah, oh, well, I still got to buy a house. I still have to buy a house, right? So they're out there again. Anyways, that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> I just thought it was uh it's interesting. It definitely feels like a different day of the week because whenever realtors understand this, like sometimes you lose track of what day of the week it is because everything blends together because if you're showing houses on the weekends and then you're still working during the week, sure. you don't you, it, you don't have those definitive weekends. Yeah, especially if, when it is a I know what happened to you this week is we had a bunch of plans to do a bunch of things on Friday afternoon. And then by Friday night, it was maybe just on Saturday and then by Saturday (laughs) or just on Sunday. And then by Saturday morning, it was I can't we can't do any of it. (laughs) So it was like you went from like not 
having stuff to having stuff. And, and we always talk about time management and keeping a day to yourself and all that. And sometimes every once in a while, there's just nothing that can be done. And this was one of those times where there was just no, there was just no way around it. People came out of the woodwork. They wanted, they wanted stuff right the second and there was no, Oh, well I'm, I'm not working or I'm, I've got the day off. So I'll get you on Monday. There was, was time sensitive stuff. So it's like, well, and, and this actually into Monday and, yeah, this no wonder you think it's Friday. This actually ties into what I was going to talk about for this episode, which <laughs> I'll get to that. <laughs> they don't have to know, by the way. <laughs> when I point to the thing as a lead in before, they don't have to know. The audience doesn't have to know. Well, now you know that Pat's always like, do the intro, well, do that, the intro. That would have, it would have been, but before I get to that, <laughs> what we're going to talk about. But hold on, I'll get back to the the intro. So three years. <laughs> so this ties in though is why I choose. So the the beauty of this business is that you do get to decide. If if somebody called me on Saturday and I didn't want to work Saturday, I could have said no. Would I be turning down money? Sure, mm-hmm. potential money, right? Um, but you do get to decide. And that's what's cool about this industry. What happens, though, is you feel like you have to. And it's because as you grow your business, your goal is to have more repeat and referral business because those are that way you're working with more like minded people. It's more fun. They have more trust built in all of the reasons you want to work with your sphere and past client repeat referral business. So that's what happens over time. Those are those calls that you get. Where it's like, I'll drop everything and do, well, maybe not everything, but I'll drop what I had planned to do to help a personal referral or to help a past client or repeat client because that they helped build this business. You know what I mean? So that's what I was busy working on all weekend. It wasn't a random lead that said, hey, can you, I know you don't know me from Adam, but can, can you come, you come do this for me? So when when I talk about that, it's because I'm always those people. It's because I'm choosing to help those core people. Right. And as a new agent, like you might not have the luxury of doing that. We always we kind of say like when you're brand new to the business, you're kind of in school. Right. You're in school. So imagine you are like, let's say you didn't go to college or even if you did, it doesn't matter. This is now a different college where it's the re- real estate school and you're going to have to work really hard. And and I hate this word, but I use it sometimes because it's the only thing I can think to describe. Like you're going to have to grind for several years and you'll, you'll have to drop what you're doing and do yeah. those things because you need that opportunity. And then once you build up a business of repeat and referral business, then you get to choose. Then you get to say, I will help that person, yeah. but next weekend I'm going to be free and I'm not going to drop everything because of this random lead that just yeah. called. It's called paying your dues. Yeah, you have to earn. You have to earn it. And unfortunately, this career, a lot of people get into this career because they, well, I can make my own schedule and they don't treat it like a business. They're like, should I get another job and do this job too? Like- what are you talking about? Like, like it's a career and any career where you can walk through the door and make a hundred thousand dollars in your first year or second year, but just by working hard takes 
you have well you have to grind right well, in yeah. order to get there you so have imagine to pay your some dues. other industry where right. you could make that kind of money pay your dues well so imagine like what yeah. would that be like a doctor well, you have to go to medical school yeah, and you have to uh, work nights in the emergency room paying your dues mm-hmm. to get the position you that you actually you want in the hospital eventually yeah. in eight years, 10 years. Yeah. You don't go to um, if you want to like some, have be a chef and have your own restaurant and 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 be create your own menu. You don't get to just do that. You've got to pay your dues in the kitchen, washing dishes, working under other people, terrible conditions, all of the things over and over and over and over again, right? Until finally you get your shot and you have an opportunity. This job allows you to be able to do that too, but you've got to work super hard and do all the things you don't want to do for years and years and years until you have an opportunity to be able to choose what you want to do. I don't, I think it's... You know, but when you when you have a lot of people, that's why that's why the turnover is so much. That's why everybody knows someone who used to have a real estate license. Right. Because people get into the business because they think it's easy. They all have to do is make like five sales a year and they don't understand that. um, Well, you have to run the business. Right. So it isn't four sales or five sales. You don't get to keep all that money. You got to pay taxes on it. You got to spend the money to actually run your business because that's what it is and stuff just those simple basic concepts and stuff that people just so when you got people coming into the business the idea of paying your dues the idea of grinding the idea of doing a bunch of things you don't want to do so that someday you don't have to do those things <laughs> i don't think people a lot of people have what it takes to do that and it's why so the turnover is so high yeah for sure Well, so listen, if you are tuning in, this is our podcast. It's called Seeking the Best, where we try to seek out the best in ourselves and overcome the personal and professional hurdles in the real estate industry. And I'm Catherine Stelgis. I own a small team here in Orlando, Florida. And trust me, I've been through some hurdles in the last 16 years of selling real estate. And across from me is our sound engineer, producer extraordinaire, Patrick Fatika. Hello. He also happens to live here, too. I do. (laughs) Under the stairs, right? (laughs) We've carved out a little spot for Uh him. (laughs) Um, No, he takes care of uh, so many things. He's the reason that... uh, He's the reason I have any bit of success I have. Oh, please. I credit credit to him because... Go on. (laughs) Go on. No, please. Um, But seriously, uh, he does our graphic design and photos and, and... we've we kind of always like our relationship is that we're a team and so we talk about business all the time and everything that I've kind of built over the years it's always through many many conversations coffee morning coffee morning coffee conversations coffee conversations mm-hmm. then I send her on her way he definitely says okay go get to work go do it <laughs> and so um he's got a lot of opinions about real estate that he's you know about about people People, people, and not, real estate, not so much. Yeah. Like, you know, it's more about people. Well, real like, estate is people. It is. I know. That's what it's I mean. It's not really houses. Yeah. Right. It's people. First, you deal which is with. A, which is a, a great um, way to explain things to new agents mm-hmm. because I think that's not what people think. Had I known that. Yeah, I think people definitely would not have chosen this career. I'll tell why you do you much. want to sell houses? Why do you want to? Well, that's what it's called, selling houses, right? And what, that's what people say. And why did you get into real estate? Well, I love old houses and I love 
homes and I love the blah, blah. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, but what about your, com- do, you, do you love calling people you don't know and having them yell at you? <laughs> no, I don't love that. Well, this isn't for you. This job's not for you then. You know what though? I do hear, I hear two things. I hear about houses um, and then I hear, I do hear people you say. from like agents that Yes, like, new, yep, exactly. Like people looking for a real estate career or job. They will say that that's that's the reason they either they love houses and uh, maybe they had a really fun experience buying their first house or something and they've always wanted sure. to sell houses and yeah. blah 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 or they'll say something like I lo- I love helping people mm-hmm. I like helping people I don't know which one is worse actually now that I'm thinking about this um, because when the people who say I really love helping people and it's so exciting and all of that and it's like. Yeah, that's not what real estate is either. Mm -hmm. Is there, yes, is there a closing day and people have achieved a huge financial goal and you're a part of that? Sure. And it is great and it feels, it feels great, but that's not most of the time. Most of the time is, is dealing with their personalities and how to help guide them through a process where it's, they're emotional and stressed and they feel like they're getting screwed over somehow. Yeah. And so you're like their psychologist through this process. Yeah. I think I'm in the interview process, when you hear the selling houses part, I, or I love old homes, that's that's kind of a dead end. You would get that. But I think maybe one of a follow-up question to that would be, what do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> when they well. say, when they say, I like helping people. Because- yeah. What do what do you mean by that? Because what you're when you say what you said makes perfect sense. It's like that is a blip, that closing day. That is a blip. I think on the screen. I think this business requires a healthy dose of skepticism. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't be all positive all the time, because there's just too much. um, There's too many emotions involved in in the real estate process. That if you're if you're if you're like all happy smiles and the the thought of somebody yelling at you because they're not happy with something that you did scares you um, and it makes you feel like you wouldn't want to do that, then truly like this might not be the right career. Yeah, it's not even yelling at you. It's not like you have people that yell at you like because you did something wrong. They it's being able to have the confidence to explain the situation to take to pull people off the ledge right without placing blame on anybody being able to maneuver and do that you know sometimes you're dealing with the divorce couple that isn't even speaking to each other sometimes you're dealing with you know the other side is are their people are insane and there's so many different variables to it but you've got to be able to be the you've got to be able to keep your cool through all of it and can't wear your heart on your sleeve or be a hothead. And that's why I wouldn't make a good agent. I'm a hothead. Somebody like Kayla wouldn't be a good agent who will get in. <sighs> Kayla is our other third person. Sorry, Kayla. <laughs> um, she wouldn't be a good agent because she wears her heart on her sleeve. She's too emotional about the about those things. You've got to kind of be able to be in the middle of all that. You have to have empathy, right? That's important. Um, but you also have to be analytical about things and not let your emotion show. So right? I I have so agreed and um I I I think that 
one of the main characteristics that's helped me along the way is that I'm, I'm very, this is going to sound bad, but I'm calculating (laughs) and I'm thinking about what's the end goal that needs to happen here and what do I need to do to get us there? Yeah. And that helps me in many situations because when people are emotional and People do get upset with me sometimes. Mm-hmm. This I wouldn't say upset with me. It's upset at the situation. Right, that's what I said. But they will put it, and, and, sh- and nine it. times out of yeah. ten, that is what it is. Yeah. They're upset at the situation. They don't know where And to put you it. happen to be in front of them. Exactly. And so it feels like it, though. Got, yeah, but you've got, and you've got to be able to see that that's not what it is. Being a hothead like me, or wearing your heart on your sleeve, well, the heart on your sleeve, now I'm going to take this personally, and I'm going to get upset. And right. not that I don't take and, it personally when, um, you know, I can think of one situation where this this guy was legitimately upset with me, legitimately upset with me. Might have been the only time really maybe, maybe in my 16 year career, maybe that's happened two or three times. Mm-hmm. And this person was legitimately upset with me because I, I think he thought I handled something incorrectly. But I knew with 100 percent certainty and confidence that he was incorrect. <laughs> And so I just let him vent and go on and on. And then I said, okay, let's talk through this. And then I I explained the situation, made sure he understood what happened because yeah. he was incorrect. As Kayla would say, you let him tire himself out. And I said, okay, now in order for us to move forward, we have to be on the same page. And, and we talked it out. And was I personally offended a little bit because I was like, this guy is completely wrong. How dare he yell at me (laughs) when all I've done is try to get him the most money possible for his house. And yet people will have their perspective and they will misunderstand, misinterpret, um, or they're just a general jerk, you know, and and that happens too. And you've got to be able to like put that, like set that aside and let them vent mm-hmm. and then handle it yeah well you said calculating which also means um and i don't think that sounds bad i think what that does it's a lot of if if then then that kind yeah. of things where you're like you you're going to play the entire scenario out if they say if this happens then we'll do this if this happens then we'll do this and you you like to have a plan right for, right and that's one side of it the other side of it is this calculating side, um, letting them tire themselves out. What that is, is the opposite of what I was saying of a hothead. Hothead doesn't do that, right? Hothead just fires off right right there emotionally, right? Doesn't think about those things. Somebody wears their heart on the sleeve, same thing. They react. You don't react. You let it play out. You f- Make a decision. I think, bottle it up and you, push it down well, inside. That's, that's not true because because at the end of the day, you can go, "I was right." Well, or whatever it happens to be, but but having those kinds of, it's not that you can't do the job with by being either of those other things. It's that it's going to be more difficult and it's going to wear you out. I think more. that's true. Um, I was going to say, one of the things I used to do with Kayla, and I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Kayla, but... by the way, is our oh, yeah. director of operations who isn't here. She's usually on the podcast, but she's on maternity leave. Yep, I so forgot if you to. Haven't li- if you're a new listener, which we have a bunch of new listeners, if you're a new listener and um, you haven't listened to any of the episodes with Kayla, 
go back and listen and she'll be here back on the show before you know it. And um, we do play some games and I always win. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla does not have a very extensive she, knowledge of oh, movies so or fun. music. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So so I used to do it with Kayla though. So Kayla started as my executive assistant and... Um, you know, she she is, and I don't think she'd mind us talking about her like this. Like, but she definitely is more emotional, and and I don't mean she's like out crying all the time or oh, anything, no, no, but no. like diff- it's a different personality type yeah. than me. And so she would get scared, um, or or not scared, but like she would be nervous to call someone because she was afraid she would say something wrong, and then that would upset them, or that like something would go wrong. And therefore, that would lead to somebody being upset about a situation. And so we would actually do a little exercise where I would say, what's the worst that they, what's the worst thing that they can say to you? And if you know how to handle that, then you can handle anything. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by calculating. That's, that's thinking through like, yeah. what, what is the situation? How could it go? And I need to have a response for that. Now, don't spend all day writing out different scenarios and worrying about it because you might call up and the situation could be completely fine where you're worried about something and you call up and they're like, nah, oh well. And it's no big deal to them. So don't don't think that you know how someone's going to react. Prepare though for how they will react. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So this is not at all the topic I was going (laughs) to go over today, but um so I'm what now. Do you, what do you want to talk? Well, about? now I'm not sure if we should just keep talking about this. No, well, we can talk, do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. Okay, sure. it is our podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so I was. So this is the thing. Okay, I started to read, reread, which I've read this book before. Um, the book is called Start with Why. It's by Simon Sinek, and it was a popular book uh, a few years ago. And I was starting to read it again because. You know, I think you go through different phases of your real estate career where, like, again, we were talking about being a new agent and you're, you should be excited and gung-ho and you're just going to go out and you're going to grind every day and look for business. And like, you are you don't really have like a specific plan. You're just looking for somebody who will actually let you work with them. Yeah. And you do that for a few years and then you start to treat it more like a business and you start to think about maybe hiring people or how do you keep it more structured and find some more balance if you can get to that level where you're making an income. And then if you do hire people, then you start to get to a point where you're actually building a business. And there's this point in the middle of all of that the where mess, the messy middle before you get to seventh level. Yeah. People, t- people talk about that messy middle and it's, we said, I think a few weeks ago, the messy middle is the middle. It's most of it. It's, it's not there's, like you start, You finish and everything else is the middle and it's a mess. Right. So imagine that like year one is, is your start date, right? The last year is the year that you no longer are in your own business. Like it, whether you decide to be a seventh level agent where you completely step out of the business and someone else is running it and you're just receiving profits Mm -hmm. or you retire, Mm -hmm. whatever your path looks like. So everything in between is the middle. Mm -hmm. And you think when you hear messy middle, you think, that it's like, oh, well, it's like this one the small phase. Twos. Like it's like it's a couple years, one year. And it's not. It's like everything between year one and, and your final year in real estate, right? And so I I was reading this book again because it's a new year, fresh start, and I'm 
I always feel like nothing is ever good enough. That's one of my, I would say it is a negative. So it's, pers- a del- it's a delight to be here, <laughs> by the way. Pat loves it. <laughs> Everyone loves it. <laughs> but I never feel like nothing is good enough, which is a negative thing in my personality. But it's also, I think, a positive because if I was just content with everything, then I wouldn't. It's dangerous. Right. Like you you should strive to be better. That's the whole point of this podcast, right? You should strive to look to do better, even if it doesn't mean more sales. Maybe it just means oh, yeah. like making um, making more profit or ma- just being a better agent being, or being more knowledgeable. Life, life balance. Yeah. Like all of those things. Like like figuring it out, right? Yeah. Figuring out how, how to play the game. Yeah. Right? This game called life. <laughs> Sorry. Um, he'll cut that out later. <laughs> Nope, I'm leaving it. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I'm I'm reading this book again because it's about leadership. And one of the things that, you know, you struggle with changing from a single agent to a, a team owner is leadership. Unless you went and got your master's degree, which I have considered. Um, I do not have time for that. We've had that conversation multiple times. We've had it multiple we've times. We've crunched the, the hourly numbers and it's not possible. <laughs> but if it was, she would. 100%. I love learning. I love school. So I would I would definitely go back and get a master's degree, but I really don't have time. And so you don't like you don't all of a sudden know how to be a leader of people just because you've sold some houses. Right. Now, you do learn through working with clients. Mm-hmm. Like you learn how to deal with people. Yeah, and how to lead the the each deal yeah you're leading them yeah so you gain but it's a little different because you're not paying them yes you you gain experience with people the more you are an agent in the business um, and dealing with vendors and all the people that you interact with every day so you definitely have people skills um, but leading a team of people who work for you is different and so I'm I'm reading this book because it's about leadership and that's something I want to you know continue to develop and grow as as everyone should if you intend to be a leader of people and completely off topic, but I was reading the book and one of the first things just struck me and it made me want to have a conversation about it. And it's it's not even really about leadership, although I guess kind of you could apply it to that. But it was, it's, it's just in, in the first couple, I don't know, 20 pages or so. Um, I'm going to read the, the line that I've been pondering for like the last week. Okay. This is new to me. I like I like the word ponder. Mm-hmm. You've said it a few times. <laughs> um, okay, there is a big difference between repeat business and loyalty. Repeat business is when people do business with you multiple times. Loyalty is when people are willing to turn down a better product or a better price to continue doing business with you. Loyal customers often don't even bother to research the competition or entertain uh, entertain other options. Loyalty is not easily won. Repeat business, however, is. So I agree with that. Why I've been pondering it is because we do a lot of repeat business and that that's just what we call it, right? When somebody works with our team or has worked with me in the past and they come back to do another deal, whether mm-hmm. it's sell the house that we sold to them or buy another property, whatever it is, we do a lot of repeat business. And so it just has me thinking about what's like how many of these people are truly loyal yeah. versus they're just, I just happened to be in front of them, but they did explore other options. And so we talked about, um, well, we talked about this just 
vaguely in various episodes, but there's so many different companies getting in between you and customers that they have other options. And so how do you know that they're choosing you because they're they're loyal to you? And how do you make sure that when you work with people that you keep that loyalty? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to apply, I think, because it's such a, it's their biggest investment. You know what I mean? So may, maybe there's two sides to this coin, I guess. Because when I think of the loyalty, I always think of what go you, when you hear that, what usually goes in front of it is brand. So people are, are brand loyal. Like, I will never buy a Windows computer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm loyal mm-hmm. to Mac mm-hmm. because that's what I've used and I've used and I've, forever and I'm loyal to that brand I'm never going to and why? it doesn't matter if the guy the Mac or the uh, Windows guy knocks on the door and says hey I got a brand new computer it's just as good as the Mac I'll sell it to you for half the price I would say no I'm good why though like look I'm being 100% serious because of the quality of the machine I know what it is you know what you're gonna get you know what I'm gonna get yeah right so so it's and it's not just that you and it's know not about it's not about the money. Well, and it's not just that you know what you're going to get. You know that it's superior and yeah. it's worth the money. Mm-hmm. So even if that product is less money, you'd rather spend more because you know it's worth it. Yeah, because I yeah, because I know that in the long run, I'm not going to have the problems that I would have if I chose the other machine. Right. Or the opportunity to have those problems won't won't exist. Mm -hmm. And so there's elements of that that I can see very much relate to a a real estate team or or just a realtor. Well, yeah. So well, so it's interesting because I think you're right. I think there's a certain amount of that that you could say real estate instead of Mac and all of that could be true. Mm -hmm. That could all be true, but you don't have like um you don't have a point person at the Mac store when you no, need no, to no. buy a That's new what one. I mean, it's not a it's not about it's different because it's a brand. It's not it's not an actual human being. Um, I think maybe maybe I I don't know this. Maybe loyalty is easier to build with people who have used other realtors in the past. Interesting or theory. Or in between. So that way they know like what, you know what I mean? That's what, interesting. What yeah. I've got some other thoughts on it though. You want to take a break? Yeah. Okay, let's take a break and then we'll get back into it. Okay. Okay. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay. So we're talking about loyalty. Mm-hmm. So, well, the Mac example was really good because you see the val- the value is so clear to you on Mac products that you're willing to pay more 
for because you know that you're going to in the long run have a better superior product so it doesn't even matter the price difference yeah as long as you can afford it right, right, right. <laughs> to some degree yeah yeah of course. um so with real estate it's more of a personal business and i th- i kind of think that i have a cu- i have a couple thoughts because i do have some pretty loyal people or at least i think they are yeah <laughs> i have ha- i have people who have referred me a lot of business they've done you know five six deals and in, in their lifespan of like we bought our first home and then we sold it and then we bought a new one and then we did it again and so in thinking about like their situation the personal relationship I do what I say I'm going to do and I every time deliver on the experience that I'm promising them they know if they call Catherine they're going to get that every single time so it's kind of like the Mac thing. Like they know, I'm not comparing myself to Mac, <laughs> um, but they know I don't need to call anyone else because it doesn't matter if somebody offers me a discounted commission rate or whatever that I know what I'm going to get with Catherine because I've done so much business with her. Mm-hmm. So if you can get somebody to repeat business just once, they will be a lifetime client as long as you deliver on your promised experience both times. Right. You can if you can just get them to do it once, and you do or, your, and you do your touches. Well, yeah, you got to keep in touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go into that too. Or they refer you business, and that person loves you so much that they're like, "Thank you," because you delivered on the promise to them too. Mm-hmm. That they're they're going but to that's, their friend. That's the, I, I don't know. That earns that earns repeat business, but I don't know if that earns loyalty. Well, well hold on. Okay, I'm saying I think. If you get them at least once to repeat or refer, that you're sealing the deal. You think so? Yes, because the first experience is. I mean, you would know better because you I would, would know better. You no, would, I'm just well, I'm just I'm just trying to think like how. Okay, we we'll test that theory. Okay, how many times? When you have that repeat where you say, if we do repeat business, we lock them in Mm -hmm. as loyal, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How many times on average do you think going back to list that house uh, to repeat business, have they interviewed somebody else or talked to another realtor? Zero? Mm. If it was zero, then I'd say you're right. Well, hold on. Because there's no reason to talk to anybody else, other realtor, because we're loyal to Catherine. But if they were talking to somebody else and saying, well, you know, I want we want you to list it, but we also were talking to so-and-so or blah, 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 and, and we're doing a listing appointment with them or blah, 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 then there's no loyalty there. That's just a repeat business. They know you do a good job and they would like to use you, but they're going to see what this other guy says too. That's not loyalty. Okay. I can't think of too many circumstances where I went to list a property for a, like a repeat client Mm -hmm. where they were interviewing anyone else. I can't think of that. Now I did say on the last episode or recently that I did have one where, yeah, they, um, listed perfect example of not being loyal. Well, it's for sure. Well, or was it an example of loyalty? Hold on, hear me oh, out. Because it was because it was a, a husband yeah. and a wife. They each had their own realtor before they got married. So was it an example of loyalty that she continued to work with me on the new purchase and he continued to work with their agent? That was the way that they agreed to do it. Yeah. They could have just chosen one of us for both. 
You know, and it might have been easier for them. I I guess now that they're together, we're going to see. When, <laughs> when they need to sell that house, who do they to, call? Who do they call? Well, because it's going to be like it's going to be like the divorce couple who's on either <laughs> side of the hallway calling the dog. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're. It's like I would say, and I don't know. I don't know who that other realtor is. I would say that if you do what you normally do, which is your touches and keeping in touch and doing the things you're supposed to do, they'll do the same. I know who they are. Oh. Yeah, well, then we will find we out. We will find out. But other than that, I can't think of a lot of experiences where I've I've gone. I can't think of any more experiences where I've gone to list a property and they were interviewing someone else. Mm-hmm. But here's the key point in this is what you said, the touches. So I think if I think about the people who are my loyalist, is that a word? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's because I kept in touch immediately after closing and never let go. The people who aren't are the ones who let's say um let me give let me just give you kind of an example of what I mean. Somebody closes on a house, right? And you guys are best friends up until the point that they close. You're seeing them all the time, showing them houses. You guys are all laughing and having a good time and then you close and then you call them to check in on them in a week or two or whatever your system is for that and they don't answer the phone. And then you call them, um, you know, six months later and they don't answer the phone and you leave a message and you don't connect with them immediately after closing. I think that's where those people get lost. Yeah. The immediate follow up after closing, I think, is the really crucial point. I think it's. A, I think it's. A, I think that's absolutely true. And you know, I'll t- just I'll, look at yeah, just look at the on. number of people that fell through the cracks your first six, seven, eight years in business because you didn't have anybody else to. How dare you? Huh? Well, no one fell through the cracks. I keep in touch true. with all of those that's people perfectly. Tr- that's not true. <laughs> those first few years, there were people that you did business with that just kind of went by the wayside. You didn't know how you're supposed to be in contact with them, how many touches to do to past clients. There was no VIP program. There was no, um, uh, um, I will uh, say my first sale, I still keep in touch with those people all the time. They were also our neighbors. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So they weren't when they bought that house. I just want to be clear with everybody listening we were not neighbors. No, no, no. I when know. they bought that they house, they became neighbors. When we they bought moved that, in like a couple streets over yeah, so right many years yeah. later. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, um, for our listeners who are single agents without any help, they don't have an admin or anything like that. It can be daunting to do that. The good thing is, is that you're a newer agent. You don't have that many mm-hmm. people, but it's important right now to keep in touch with them. And then it's so important that. We have VIP programs where we have, uh, you know, special events and all these things to keep people engaged as much as possible so that. But you know who comes to those events? Yeah. Those are the people that I that I can I could trace back and say that there are people that and, and sometimes let let me just say, I do think sometimes if you enjoy the client, um very much 
then you end up wanting to keep in touch with them, yeah, right? Like some of sure. my my closest loyalists, we'll mm-hmm. call them. They're um, cool people. They're cool people. Right. I, I like working with them. I like I like hanging out with them. Like I'm not necessarily their best friend, although yeah. they're you know there's friends in the mix, of course. But but I like talking to them, yeah. and so I, it's not hard to pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. They're the people when you're doing your calls that you you definitely make those calls. And then there's the people who are like, oh, they were kind of weird. I'll call them next time. Yeah. But that's the key, though, is my point is that I think if you just can like have the discipline to treat everybody as if they could be the most loyal person to you, Mm -hmm. if you just kept in touch with them 100 percent. But that means you have to like physically either be on the phone with them or see them in person within the first couple months of closing. Mm hmm. And and I'm I'm saying I think this is the key because after I thought about that for a long time, I thought about um, some of the most recent. Thought about what for a long time? This quote or oh, this okay. book. You pointed at it. I pointed <laughs> at the no, book. Uh, but the audience didn't know that. <laughs> I think they did. Fourth year. <laughs> um, so I was thinking about uh, some people that I'm working with right now, and I um, I I can't remember what exactly they said, but we were signing something like we were getting ready to list or, or sign buyer paperwork or something. And I was going over it. So I was just like, you know, just saying what it said on the page essentially. And they said, Oh, of course we would never work with anyone else. Mm. And they, it is of course. And so you have to like, think about that. Why is that? It was an engagement letter. It might've been a buyer engagement letter. Um, and those people, the same exact people went to a new home construction site the weekend before and put my name on the registration card. Right. And they, they went to not before only that. Before they had talked to you, you mean? Well, I, I knew that they were sort of wanting to go see it, but they wanted to, they just happened to have that day off. And so they went without me. Oh, okay. That part I didn't know was happening. <laughs> but the new home sales agent told me that they, w- they wouldn't come in the building unless they could register me. One of my proudest moments. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) no, it's great. Well, because think about that. What did I do so right with them that they were like, they're so loyal that like they wouldn't even look at the new construction, even though they had the opportunity to, and they were, they drove all the way out there. They were like, well, we want to see it, but only if we can, you know, have our agent work with us and put her on the page. That's awesome. And so if I think about that though, um, I know for a fact that I kept in really close communication with this person mm-hmm. and they actually were going to get their real estate license. And so I had, t- I had tried to help them with that process. And I was, I was in communication with them from the moment they started being a client to today or we've got their home listed and they're buying another one. I never lo- lost touch. Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't think of anyone else. They wouldn't be willing to work with anyone else because of that communication. Well, it's how important those those first few contacts, which is always the easiest ones to do, by the way. And I don't know why, how they how agents let that slip past them. There's reviews that you need to get. There's just checking in. There's a li- here's my list of vendors. Hey, I'm just checking. You know, there's like there's a million reasons to reach out to people right from the beginning, but having a plan of how many touches am I going to do this year to reach out to these people, being conscious of actually being, okay, they didn't answer. I'm going to call back and getting through to them 
and and stuff and inviting them to special events and doing all of that and doing that with everybody equally Mm -hmm. you know there will be people that fall to the wayside and there will be loyalty that is built so if you have a system in place i think no loyalty is built by you saying well they know i'm a realtor they'll call me when they're ready of course yeah but I think that's the that's the key. So the the bigger picture is they'll remember you because you did what you said you'd do and you provided a great experience and you need to deliver on all that too, or they won't of course. or they won't want to answer your call for sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but but you have to keep in touch. And I think that's that's the hard part because we get busy. And so when we talk about seeking the best, like it's a new year, it's a fresh opportunity. And so we're doing um we follow the the D. D2, D2, DT, D2 system, whatever it's called. <laughs> so what it is, is it's it's certain letters of the alphabet that you call through or social media message every week. And it's just a system. You don't have to use that system, but it's just a system to make sure that you touch every single person once a quarter with a, a call and a social media message. So that's another thing. Like I used to not, um, I used to not want to add people to my Facebook profile. You wanted it like to as stay, friends, stay personal. Yeah, I wanted it to be personal, and then I realized, well, that's ridiculous. Um, real estate is like it just is. It's a personal business, and if you want to have a successful career in real estate, you have to realize that that loyalty is built through every time you talk to them, every time you comment on their Facebook page, you're constantly putting your name in their head. The only way that they're going to say, oh, I have a realtor for you, is if you are in the top of their mind all the time. And the only way that you're in the top of their mind all the time is by engagement. Yeah. And I would take it a step further. So engagement isn't just like a uh, a thumbs up. Yeah, no, and, no, it's not. And because listen, I'm not a huge. That's good to do, but I'm not a huge Facebook person. Yeah, I don't post a ton on there. I po- I post and I I'll scroll through, but I'm not a huge Facebook a person. Lurker. I'm a lurker, and it's just because I don't have the time. Truly, yeah, like to to do and she'll, and she'll flip through on her phone like when I'm making dinner. Yeah. For, 20 minutes and you have to be purposeful though so think about this like relationship building who are the most important people when you're scrolling through the facebook feed you need to be friend you need to be facebook friends with those people in order to have that additional touch and then you need to be commenting on their their posts and so when somebody shares like that they just had a baby. I mean, you need to say congratulations. Yeah, get in there. And get in there and and make a comment. And it should be also more than just congratulations. You know, try to make it personal so that they actually read it. Because, I mean, you know, you go on Facebook and like you'll post something and you'll get like a bunch of likes. Right. That's cool. Or what happens. But I don't. What happens on your birthday? You say it's your birthday and it pops up and there's 10,000 happy birthday messages. Yeah. It's like, well, don't get lost in, you know, how many of those people, when that happens to you and it's your birthday, do you, do you just get lost in the well happy birthday, just a happy birthday? Well, yeah. And it's, so if you're just a thumbs up, mm-hmm. do you go like, I know you don't, but I'm just using this as an example. When you post something and you have 50 likes, do you go and look at who liked it? Oh, no. 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 
No, you don't go through who liked it. You go through the comments. Yeah. So that's the only way that they're going to know that you were lurking on their page <laughs> is well, is yeah. through that engagement. Yeah. And, but that's the point I guess I'm trying to make is that you can't inspire, I, I say inspire because that's really what this book is about, but it's, it's about leadership and stuff, but you can't inspire people to want to work with you and develop a brand, whether it's for yourself individually or for a team brand if people don't remember your name because they haven't talked to you in six years. And I know that um, everybody talks about these stats at big conventions and stuff, but it's really staggering. And I, I forget what the stat is. I'm not trying to quote the stat, but like a lot of people would work with the agent that they previously did if they could remember their name. Yeah. How sad is that? And it's like 80 or 90% or something. So people had a reasonable experience and they would still do business with you again. They would be a repeat customer, not necessarily a loyal one, but a repeat customer. The repeat, repeating, having a repeating customer is what builds the loyalty. That's what I was saying earlier. I think if you can get them to a point where they're either referring or doing repeat business, Mm -hmm. you've locked someone in that can move to your core circle. You're at least going in the right direction. Yeah. You're at least going in the right direction. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like, and you're always going to lose people. Well, you lose people to moving out of state, by the way. Like you're you're always going to lose people. And at the same time, you don't know who that person is. You don't know just because they were cool. Doesn't mean they're going to be loyal and it doesn't mean they're going to send you any repeat business. They were just cool people and they'll never, they'll live in that house until they they die. You know what I mean? Oh, I've got oh, another. And not, and never refer anybody. And then there's other people where it's like, wow, I wasn't expecting that from them. And all of a sudden the phone's ringing and it's, and it's uh, referrals from this person that you never thought would be the referral person. So you got to treat them all like, like they're loyal, loyal uh, customers, you know? So I, in, in this book, they also talk about, um, it, it says repeat business is more about man, manipulations. So you can get repeat customers through so, manipulations like um, incentives, offering okay. deals, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking- oh, like, Well, you know, you did a deal with me before. So on this one, I'll cut X percent out of the deal to sell your house. Yes. That kind of a thing. You yes. Mean? So it says- uh, there's there's a whole paragraph. Manipulations lead to transactions, not loyalty. That's right. Uh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that was going to be the next thing out of my mouth. Let me give you an example of that. That's well. I know what that is. You're you're setting up. You're setting it up. You're setting up the dynamic of this is a this is transactional. This is a thing. I'm you're going to give me this for free. Well, next time I'm going to ask you for to give it to me for free. Mm-hmm. Or more. And if you say no, then I'll go find someone else who will. Exactly. So I'll give you a perfect example of that because it just happened. Um, <laughs> I want to hear that. <laughs> well, so I when I was I was trying to come up with people that I had um, done deals with that I was interviewing for the job and they were meeting with someone else and I was kind of struggling. But here's an example, and it's a perfect example of this manipulations thing. And not that I was manipulating them to get the deal the first time. Mm-hmm. She was manipulating me, if anything. <laughs> Um, but the first listing that I took, they wanted a reduced commission mm-hmm. and you get to and decide. you just met them out of the blue. Was no. That what that was? No, they were actually an interesting one. They, they were the sellers when I was representing a buyer 
and they got to know the buyer because they owned the house next door. And um, although I don't think the buyers really referred me, they just remembered me. They said they said when I met with them and sold the the house that I sold for them, they said that you were so professional and blah blah blah. And I'm like, cool, I'll take that. So that guy obviously didn't have loyalty either. Right. So then I took that listing, but they wanted a reduced commission. And so you get to decide in your business what like what is it worth to you to have that listing? What's it worth to you to have that sign in the ground? Can you make this the profit that you want selling that listing for that price? You get to make those decisions. But when you offer incentives and manipulate the situation to get the transaction done. That's what it is to them. Mm-hmm. It's a transaction. Mm-hmm. They got the best deal they felt was possible. Maybe they were talking with him too. I don't know. At the time, it didn't feel like it, but maybe they had interviewed him too. And I said, I would do it for less. Mm-hmm. And so they cut him out, mm-hmm. right? Well, they did the same thing Yeah. on a new listing this year where they wanted to cut the commissions even further. Mm-hmm. And I said at that time, no because I get to choose and I wasn't willing to do it for that price. And they ended up listing with somebody else. And so obviously those people weren't loyal to me. They just wanted the best price. And the, the deal is like, if I had gotten this second listing, like without, you know, if I could have gotten the listing and they weren't interviewing someone else, I think I would have solidified them as, as loyal people for life. Right. Maybe. I think some people you just can't. They just don't have right. You here's here's how I know that some people just don't have the loyalty gene in them. <laughs> Black Friday. Black Friday. Best Buy is having a deal on stereos, and so people go to Best Buy and they look for the best deal and they buy the stereo. I would never do that because I know what stereo I want. I want, and that's the stereo I'm gonna get. I'm not going to buy the one that happens to be on sale because it's the best deal. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Yet every Black Friday, there's lines 100 people deep to get into Best Buy at 4 a.m. That's how I know there are people that are born without the loyalty gene. That's true. That's that is true. Like, I I think you're right. There are some people who maybe just aren't loyal people. Right. Like they're just always going to look for what's the best deal for me and and my. And they don't see they don't see the. Uh, the gain personal gain from that whereas i know what the personal gain is is i don't it makes me not have to worry and i don't have to waste my brain power on worrying about whether or not this deal goes the way it needs to go or the stereo works the way that i want it to work i can just turn that part off and focus on my job well it's my kind of stuff the, you know? this kind of makes me think of like objections it's like some some people you just might never win over but that's why there's conversion rates. It's like you're not going to yeah. get everybody. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah. But if you can take your client base and and like they say in the MREA model that for every person in your um your database, your your sphere or past client list, those co- those those people that it used to be you would get two deals for every 12, mm-hmm. so like 16 to 17% you would of business from those people. And now it's like 10%. So if you look at your numbers, though, and you say, well, I closed, um, you know, whatever. I'm just making up numbers. If you closed uh, 30 deals last year, then you want to see at least how many from, if those, if those are your only clients, 
that's actually it. let's say because you've got your sphere too so let's say you've got a two t- let's say you've got a 200 person sphere and past client list so how many deals should you get from those people at a minimum 20 mm-hmm. right and yeah. so if you look at your numbers as we're he- as we're starting this new year and you look at your numbers and you're like hmm well, I didn't do 20 sales last year from those people it's because you don't have loyal people who are willing to refer you business. They're willing to repeat business with you because they're loyal to you um, or at a minimum have a repeat transactional business. Yeah. So. Or you haven't been. Yeah. You haven't been in the. If you haven't been in the business long enough to have repeat business because. Well, people, referral business. It's not. That's what I was just going to say. Then we talk about referral business. And if you're not getting those 20 people out of 200, it's because you're probably not keeping in touch and doing the number of touches you need to do. You're what I said earlier, which is, well, they used me before and they know I'm a realtor. So when they're in need of something or whatever, then they'll call me, right? Instead of squeezing the milk from a stone and knowing that those it's not those people reselling their house or buying a new house or an investment property. It's the 200 people they know. Right. So it's not the 200 people. It's 200, right, per person per, in that 200 list. So we're talking about, I don't know, whatever that math is. I'm not doing it right now, but you know what I mean? So yeah, I, that, I think I think you're right. I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. So anyways, I guess I've just been pondering that, thinking about the people that I've done repeat business with and the people that I get referrals from. And so like what I was talking about this weekend, well, I went out and I, I I set a consultation and showed a property the same day. And I, I so Friday, I set the consultation for Saturday and showed the property Saturday when I already had other showings with loyal people that I was just talking about earlier. So I filled up my schedule very quickly. Well, why did I do that? Because she was a referral from somebody who I talk to regularly who comes to all of my events. Now, that person has only done one piece of business with me mm-hmm. because she's she just bought a couple of years ago. Right. But she is loyal. Yeah. She's 100% loyal. She um, she even came to our the historic home store. And so she's been inside my, well, the house we used to live in. Like, oh, when we were on the tour. I've hung out with her outside of business. Like she is a loyal person mm-hmm. who will always refer me business. And so I as will. As long as you continue to keep in as touch. As long as I keep in touch. Yeah. And I take care of the people. And you give them the service that they do. Just as yes. they expect me to. So I called that person back the minute she she inquired via email. I called her right away. I set an appointment with her right away. And I got that house under contract. Right. In a day. All in a day. Two days. Two yeah, days. two days. I talked to her on Friday. Saw the house on Saturday, put in put an, an offer, offer, got it accepted, boom. Now, do you think that girl is going to be loyal? Yeah. Probably, because I just got her a house in a multiple offer situation. Yeah. I got her in the next day, and I did all the things that, yeah. but you can and only- she'll, She will become loyal. Well, only if, if I keep in touch with her. If you keep her. in touch, and then you, we've already said, like this VIP program that we have, when we do these special events, we notice little pods of people, because they're all the people who- bought or sold homes and then referred other people who bought and sold homes. So there's these pods of little f- groups of friends that show up. So now these two have 
But I think that that's, that's interesting that you said that because it's true and it, it kind of just happens naturally, right? You get referrals from people and then mm-hmm. they know people that you sold houses to and then well, but when na- you get them all together, all talking about real estate, because that's what they're talking about when they come to an event, because it's a realist, it's a realtor event and stuff. Then it just solidifies those relationships with each, with them, with each other and stuff. Oh yes. That's how we all know each other. We've yeah. all used the same person. And that that just solidifies that loyalty even more. Well, and it sort of like creates this little culture thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's thing. what I mean. Yeah. So it's kind of, and again, we're not comparing us to Mac, okay? No. But like you see people put Mac stickers on their car and, and you're proud to be like in that club. Right. Right. Whatever, whatever the club is. Yeah. Whatever the club is. The Mac was the example we used earlier, but... There, there's a restaurant here that um, it's called Four Rivers. It's a barbecue joint. Yeah, there's like okay, it's okay barbecue, right? You, it's well, like good. I mean, there, there, there. I'm sure there are people listening to this that don't live in Florida that have heard of Four Rivers Barbecue. It's a famous barbecue place. And what Kat was going to say is there are thousands of people all through the Orlando area that have Four Rivers bumper stickers on their cars. Yeah. Right. That's what you're gonna say, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Like you got to really or like radio stations <laughs> is a good one, right? People not as much anymore, but back in the day, people would put the the radio station they listen to every morning. Yeah, they would put that on their car. And so the bumper sticker has a little it's a little peace sign, a little heart and then a four rivers logo. So mm-hmm. peace, love and four rivers. Mm-hmm. And but it's like you're part of this little club. And I think it's sort of the same thing as if you can develop these loyal people over time that you keep these relationships with and then you build these pods of people that are all in that club, then it's kind of cool to be a, a client of your brand you, or you as an agent. Are it's you saying kind of, you want bumper stickers? I want think would be bumper stickers. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Don't you agree though? No, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but anyways, I think I think it's pretty cool and and interesting to think about and then think about well, how do you develop those people that um maybe don't come to the events? Maybe you haven't built them into loyal people yet. How can you? Or the people that are the loyalists, like how do you make sure that you're taking care of them? Like yeah. don't forget about them because that it can be really easy to get busy and to not make the calls and to not do those touches and that's how you lose those yeah, people and exactly and they right. are so important to long-term yeah. career se- success as you grow and as you get bigger and as you start to hire people though those are the things that you have to put at the top of the list of outreach there's outreach that you personally have to do to your past clients and then there's outreach that can be done on a different as, as admins can do I was but it has say, to be at the top of the list. That was one thing I was going to say. I know, um, you know, sometimes people will have like inside sales agents and stuff, or you could have people calling your your clients and stuff. I've, I've never done that. And I understand at some level, you might have too many people to call. And that's when I think it's important to... Or you're just a, you're, the dynamic of your business has changed. To right, right. If maybe it, the past... It doesn't matter anymore. And it's like you just, you you're, you're, you get to that point where you've got ISAs and there's so many leads coming in and it's not built off of that. I'm well, not but, saying that that's what we would ever do in a million years because that's not who we are as people, but I could see other people doing that. Yeah, but I think that's one of the things that even if you get to a point where you have too many people to call a quarter and you really have to start, then you start to narrow down. It's a good problem to have. It's a good, totally good problem to have. 
then you can categorize people though and make sure you're hitting those people that yeah. are these loyal yeah. people yeah. that would only refer you or at that point that only you have, do business at with that you. point you have a personal assistant and then that personal assistant can reach out to all of those people and introduce themselves it's a reason for a touch there's all sorts of ways that you can kind of build other people calling in and i'll tell you what, so you what you don't have do is a virtual assistant call yeah or anything like that it's got to be a personal connection as a personal assistant or somebody I'm reaching out and I just wanted to introduce myself and well now that person can continue to make those calls so I think the best way to to sort of if you're not sure who these people are because you haven't been in the business that long throw a client appreciation party and see who shows up yeah and those are probably your people they just may not have had the opportunity to refer you yet or they haven't you know they if you've only been in real estate a couple of years they haven't had the need to do a repeat sale yet right you throw the party and no one shows up <laughs> well then yeah you yeah then you don't have any loyalty right, right? so then you see, haven't you haven't done a good enough job of staying in contact with the people and that's that and that will be your project yeah for the next year is yeah. to is to so that the following year when you have the party 50 people show up oh know. i had somebody tell me the other day as i was making my calls that they're forever indebted to me and um that was that was kind of interesting to hear because i kind of and i said laughing well no i w- i was just doing my job and and you know, this is what I do and I enjoy doing it. And she's like, well, that's really nice to hear. I'm glad you enjoy it, but I really appreciate everything. Like you, you're the best, blah, blah, blah. Nice to hear. And what's the point though, is the only reason that I know she's a loyal person though, is because I was having a conversation with her on the phone right? that I have kept in touch over the last, what year is it? Almost 10 years since they bought a place. So yeah. You've got to make these calls as as much as sometimes you don't want to do it because I've been there. (laughs) It's a new year. Start fresh. Like it's a good opportunity. In fact, I was, there was, you know, there, listen, I'm, I'm not perfect. So as I'm making my, my first batch, it's tempting sometimes to be like, I don't want to call that person. Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to them in so long. So it's weird. It's awkward. It's weird. I know, but you get used to it. You build up a callus and it's good for you. And and at the end of the day, you're going to be really happy at the end of the day when you do that. And then and one of those times somebody goes, as a matter of fact, I do have a friend who was talking about it. And then you get a lead from it. It's just like working out. It's like, I don't want to get on that Peloton. My back hurts. It's like, I don't want to do it. And then you, you go and you put clip in and you get on that thing and then and they do a 45 minute ride and yeah then- well and then you feel <laughs> and then you're like feel oh that feels great i'm glad i did that right so i don't i don't personally thing. know what that feels like but pat does <laughs> <laughs> um i'm just kidding but uh i was gonna say one more thing um and then i lost my train of thought i'm really bad about this <laughs> right, let's do uh let's- wait no it was important it was something about well, we calls. can't just sit here with dead air and have you try to remember. Oh, I know say. what it was. Okay. It only takes a minute. Um, one of the things. Uh, so again, New Year, and so we have a new script that I, I didn't invent this this particular script. We just typed it out because I had heard it in some class or something somewhere, and it used to be that one in seven people would make a move each year or something like that. Was like the stat. Now it's like one in ten people are probably thinking about making a move. So we typed up just a a basic script that you can call your sphere or past clients or repeat clients. And you're calling, I love the first of the year calls. They are the easiest to me because you're just like, happy new year. (laughs) How were your holidays? It's like, 
an immediate super soft entry to a a nice conversation because usually people are going to be like, oh yeah, they were great. We visited family. I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to, they're going to ask you the same, right? And so you're just going to be a person. You're just going to have a normal conversation about how your holidays went. And then they're going to ask you about work. How's the market? It's going to happen. And then you can say, super simple script like yeah actually the market is 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 still really strong i know um in the, depending on your area of course um you know actually i just heard the other day that actually 1 in 10 people are thinking about making a move and so i'm just curious since i've got you on the phone do you mind thinking about me just for one of those you're probably going to know 10 people so just think of me for one of those and refer them to me i'd so much appreciate that so i can hit my goals this year or something like that yeah i kind of spitballed that but um that's a quick, easy stat. It's interesting. It's something you can really quickly say. And then you've set the tone for the year. Mm-hmm. Like you're going you're gonna to hear about 10 people that are going to move. Just think of me for one. Yeah. So then when you make the next call, mm-hmm. you'll be like, hey, remember when I said you're going to hear about 10 people? I'm just curious. Have you heard of anybody that's thinking about making a move that we yeah. could possibly help? Now, and what, what happens is, is if you don't make those second and third calls is they might hear from somebody and they might actually give your name to them, mm-hmm. but that person's probably not going to call you. That's the so what other you, part of the script. Right. So what you have to do is get their information. The easiest way to do that is to stay in contact with your person. Well, and one of the, the rest of the script goes, so they say, well, yeah, definitely. I would definitely think of you for that. Thank you so much. Um, can you do me a favor? When you do find somebody, because you're, again, you're going to meet 10 people this year. When one of them comes across your table, will you do me a favor and just shoot me a text with their name and phone number? And that way I can give them a call and make sure they're taken care of. Would you do that for me? Now, right now in the moment, they don't actually have anyone. So they're going to say, yeah, sure. That's no problem. They're going to forget. <laughs> well, but you're training them. Yeah. How is best to send you information yeah. for that referral? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Question from the web. I have a buyer who is interested in a listing that's been on the market for over 530 days. I've called the agent, left numerous voicemails and texts to get a little more information about the home and to see if there were any unsatisfactory offers so we can put in something that the seller would like. I have received zero responses from the agent and my client wants updates. I'm thinking about calling the owner directly, but I don't want to step on any toes. What can I do? Okay, don't call the agent or I'm sorry, the seller directly. Um, you really should not be doing that, having any kind of interaction with the other person's client. First of all, um, you just shouldn't. It's probably an ethical violation to talk to somebody's client without their express permission. Uh, but also, you are going to piss them off <laughs> if you try to go. If And by the way, like, okay, I don't know how many times. Did they say how many times they no. tried to reach out? Okay, uh, No, they just said numerous. Okay. Numerous voicemails and text messages. So... I understand because I've been in that situation. Where'd you get the number from the MLS? It might be in the MLS wrong. <laughs> well, I have had that happen. In fact, one time 
um, our phone number was in the MLS as somebody else's business number. Oh, I remember that. Because they just, get, so they worked for our brokerage, right? They worked for Keller Williams at the parks. They didn't know the office number. Mm-hmm. They Googled it. And because you found have, my because name. Because you have good <laughs> SEO. They just assumed that they that copied was the and pasted my phone number into that. the business number. But, anyways, um, <sighs> <laughs> not the brightest crayon in the box, I think. Um, but, anyways, the. The thing is, like, I've had plenty of times where people will call, text, email, like, multiple times in, like, an hour period and think that, that like, that I should have responded at that point. You have to give a reasonable amount of time well, for true. response. that's true. It doesn't say here, but I'm assuming this is, by, by saying it's been on the market for 530 days, I think they're kind of leading with. Yes, I get that, too. I'm just making a statement that, listen texting, phone call, email, we all get those messages, but sometimes we physically can't call back. Like, you know, I was mentioning over the weekend, I had a very busy day and I had a listing that had multiple offers on it. I physically could not return those calls as they were coming in until I was done with my clients at the new construction. Well, I was with them for several hours. Now, I finally stepped away and I made a couple calls, but I couldn't return all of them. Right. And so they did all get returned, but you have to understand that like it's physically not possible depending on the activity level of a listing to get back in touch with everybody in like five minutes. It's just not it was, unless I have nothing else going on. But I hear you if it's been on the market a long time, it may very well be that the agent is not responsive. So the one thing you could do is go to the broker themselves. If you have attempted to reach somebody over the course of several days and not gotten a response, and you've tried, you know, email and phone, and it's been several days, then you could call the broker's number. Yeah, I would approach it with, I just want to make sure nothing's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they, like, like is the agent in the hospital? Like, is they, are they, you know, what's, what's, what, I'm yeah, say, checking in. And, and listen, so people have called our broker our broker's office, I should say, like they'll call the main office number and say, I've tried to reach Catherine and she hasn't called me back. And then I, so I get the the phone call from the office and it's like, that person called me 30 minutes ago. <laughs> so don't do that. But like, if it has been a substantial amount of time yeah. and you really haven't been able to reach you, them. Yeah. Well, I mean, they said multiple texts and voicemails. So, so the other thing is, hear me out. From another number. No, hear me out. Because um, sometimes people text our business number now look it is a cell phone Uh but not everybody's is so you could be texting a number that is not a cell phone do not assume that you have someone's cell phone number yeah now if you've called and left voicemails that's fine and and then move on to the broker's number the main office number Mm -hmm. but don't assume that like because again people will text and they're like i've tried to reach you and it's like what number are you texting it's an office line (laughs) it doesn't receive text messages you know, not every yeah. We make a conscious effort to not use cell phones for the business line. Well, like, no, for we our bit, for I know, ours. I know you guys do, but but there are people yes. who in the MLS the the phone number is the is the office right. right? Like the Keller Williams office is the phone number listed. So if you're texting that, no one is getting that message. Yeah. You cannot assume that you're texting a cell phone number, which is why you shouldn't be texting unless it specifically says cell phone you should be picking the phone and calling i get that this person said they did i'm just giving some like yeah. other context to situations yeah, yeah, that i've incurred 
So, um, but yeah, so reach out to the broker directly and do approach it with some sensitivity because you don't know what's going on in that person's life. Maybe truly they have something going on. Yeah. And they can't, but do not call the seller. Absolutely not. <laughs> small win. Catherine, you got a small win? Oh, geez. Um, well, yeah, I mean, three pendings this weekend, new listing live. It's a nice, nice busy weekend for January. Yeah, if you're going to. We were supposed to take down all our Christmas decorations. Yeah, that didn't happen. And that didn't happen. It so was. if we're going to still have another week of Christmas decorations up, at least there was a good reason for it. Exactly. So. That's good. And I guess uh, my small win is I feel like the pool is finished. Our it swimming is. pool is finally finished. Like we got the robot, put it in there and started and cleaned all the leaves out and kind of put the chemicals in for the first. I put, you know, check the chemicals and everything. And I feel like... We still don't have a heater hooked up. We have to get a, a, a gas, line. gas line put in. But outside of that, it's finished and there's no more people in our backyard. And that is a big win. Yeah. And actually, I should say, like, I help, I did help. I took the ornaments off the trees. Oh, my trees. God. We're back to that. I took the ornaments <laughs> off the trees and I helped you uh, prepare the yard for seed. Oh, that's right. You <laughs> seeded the yard. Yeah, that's true, too. But, yeah, it's still a mess in here. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it this week. Hey guys, remember to rate and view us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. Send us your questions for the web on to on seeking the best. At, is this the first time? I don't I've ever know. Read this? <laughs> send your questions from the. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gonna do it. Uh, send your questions from the web to on seeking the best at gmail.com. All infos in the show notes, including how to send us a voicemail. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, thanks for listening. And we'll figure this all out next week. Bye. Adios. This has been a Think Live Be production.